Hello and happy Tuesday. Well, if you're catching this on the day it airs, then it actually is Tuesday. If not, happy day to whatever day that may be. I'm so glad you're here and thank you very much for listening in today. This is the How to Life podcast. I'm Dr. Laura Jaggett and this is episode 68. Today we'll be talking about self-reliance and emergency preparedness. How many of you are prepared for a natural disaster or an unexpected emergency? How many of you have a plan that if your family should become separated, you all know where to go, who to contact, and what to do until you're reunited? I don't really need an answer because I know that it's probably few of you. And even if you think you're pretty sure you could handle it if an emergency should occur, I bet you probably could use a brush up on some of the points my guest is going to speak about. Joining me today is Chris Gilmore, also known as Chris Outdoors. Chris is an outdoor educator and consultant. He teaches people about self-reliance and emergency preparedness, as well as mentors individuals and staff on deep nature awareness and working with nature as the ultimate guide towards human potential, resiliency, ecological stewardship, and self-development. That is such a good description. And what a great purpose. Chris offers many amazing courses, but the one we're going to talk about is called Survive the Storm. It is a seven-day gamified e-course. I actually took this course and I learned a ton. It is so well done. And Chris presents the information in such a fun and interactive way. We're going to talk about the importance of having a plan and learning how to use your senses, intuition, and the skills and pre-planning you will learn to keep yourself and your family safe in case of an emergency. Get ready for a mind-opening discussion. Hi, Chris. I'm so happy that you're joining me on the How to Life podcast. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, it's a pleasure, Laura. So nice to connect here. I have not done this topic at all in the past, so you're the first one to talk on this topic which is about survival skills and emergency preparedness. Uh, I've got some questions prepared, but before we start, please introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, sure. You know, I was brought up in the suburbs, but I had parents that used to take me into the the countryside every summer. So we go on camping and canoe trips uh, and I just fell in love with the woods. And I remember watching, uh, you know, these, these movies when I was a kid about people surviving off in the woods. I remember Jeremiah Johnson and this old big bearded woodsman that he had an axe, you know, and skins made out of animals that he wore. And he was this gnarly dude that lived out in the woods. So I was just kind of fascinated by this idea of like being able to live off of the land when I was a kid. And as soon as I was old enough to leave home, I, I moved into the country and I have lived kind of in the wilderness ever since. And yeah, I kind of just started out on my own. I didn't really have a mentor at first. And I started taking courses and, and learning uh, and just became fascinated with everything around survival, self-reliance. Um, so today, you know, I, I teach uh, survival skills. I teach emergency preparedness stuff. Uh, I'm really into kind of like farming and growing food and all those things. And, and even the modern kind of spinoff of it. like, you know, I love urban survival. Um, I love tracking. I love even digital security and uh, digital kind of survival. All of those, every, everything self-reliance and survival. That's kind of my passion in life and, and what I do and what I teach to the world. And this is a good topic to talk about because I think the majority of people don't even consider what they're going to do in the case of an emergency and are often left unprepared and stranded. How many people in your experience don't know about emergency preparedness? 
It's most people in my experience. And you know, what we commonly see in emergencies and disasters is a lot of people actually think they're more prepared than they actually are. You know, a lot of people don't want to talk about emergency preparedness because it, it, it scares them. But to me, it's actually more scary to not be prepared. You know, if we actually think ahead and predict some of these tragedies, whether it's a big scale pandemic or it's an earthquake or it's a big power outage, if we actually think about it and put things in place, then you actually don't have to be uh, afraid of it, right? So I don't actually see it as a fear-based thing. I actually see it as really empowering and proactive to face these things. But a lot of people either avoid it altogether or they think they're more prepared than they are. Oh, and then when things actually happen, they're like, oh my goodness, I don't actually know what to do in this situation. Or I never saw this variable happening or this, it playing out like it is, you know? We watch movies sometimes about disasters and in our head, that's how it's going to play out. But in reality, there's a million different variables at play and things can look a lot different than what it might've looked like in our head, which is why training and gear and all those things are so important and knowledge in general too. I think many people just assume that 911 and our emergency services and vehicles are enough. Why aren't they enough? Oh yeah, that's that's such a good question, you know, and you know, I mean, a great example would be looking at uh, the COVID situation right now, right? Sure, we have ambulances and we have hospitals and governments and all of this infrastructure, and yet COVID has had a massive impact on all of our lives. And often, you know, when a, a big disaster happens, uh, emergency services actually become overwhelmed really quickly, uh, and people can be on their own for days at a time sometimes. I live up in Canada, um, but we had an ice storm here uh, a number of years ago. Uh, and there was people trapped in their home for over a week with no ability to get to emergency services. So no electricity, no running water, and literally stuck inside of their home. And uh, emergency services were completely overwhelmed. Like you couldn't get through to 911 on the phone. They just weren't available. So when big things happen, emergency services often don't have the capacity. And unfortunately, you know, from my experience working in professional emergency disaster management, so I, I do just survival training with individuals, but I've also worked with businesses and even governments. And a lot of governments are kind of like people, like they know they should be better prepared. They have some things in place, but they're so busy with just the day-to-day -day life stuff that often cities and governments aren't as prepared as, as we kind of think they should be either because they're just overwhelmed with the day-to-day -day stuff, the budget and all of the stuff that comes up. So I, I think, you know, a lot of these disasters of the past couple of years, even the, the big blackout in Texas lately, some of these major hurricanes we've seen down in the States, the volcano that went off in Hawaii, uh, in all of those situations, the massive wildfires, people find pretty quickly that they're actually on their own when these things happen for at least a period of time. And you can actually help the emergency vehicles by taking care of yourself until they can get to you. A hundred percent, you know, and that that's always been actually a little bit of a pet peeve of mine because actually emergency responders spend a lot of their time going to rescue able-bodied adults that just weren't prepared. So if able-bodied adults, and, and I, I say adults, but I want to even say like youth as well, if youth and teenagers and adults are actually better prepared themselves, then that actually frees up all the emergency responders to either go to like, you know, the old age home or to help the hospital or to get to the root of the problem uh, if we're actually to be able to uh, be more self-reliant. So preparedness is actually part of uh, the solution to actually getting out of these scenarios faster as well. On your website, you offer a number of courses. And the one I want to talk about today on the show is called Survive the Storm. And I love how you did it. And actually, after going through the course, I just realized how unprepared I am for anything. It's an incredibly well done course and it's fun. I like the way you did it. It's interactive. It's like a, a movie, a simulated broadcast with some games in there. And the way you did your ebook is remarkable. I want to talk a little bit about that. What motivated you to create this Survive the Storms? It sounds like it's for urban emergencies. 
It's not specific to urban. I, I tried to make that what I teach in it's very like universal. So we kind of do an urban scenario in it. But the, the motivation behind it was really knowing that the general population is not actually prepared. And a lot of people actually maybe think they're a little bit more prepared than they are. And then a disaster happens and they have that big wake up call. And I actually get that from people in the course all the time, you know, their partner or their girlfriend or their boyfriend will say, Hey, do this with me. And they're like, Oh, I don't need that. And then they start doing it. And they're like, Oh, wow. Nope. I actually did need this. But what I was kind of thinking is, you know, a lot of people know they should probably be better prepared than they are. And it's hard to find the time and the motivation in this world. So I thought, okay, we got to make preparedness super fun. We got to make it engaging. Uh, And I was kind of thinking like Netflix meets like a role-playing game. So that's why we actually brought in a professional like film crew and I hired an actor for it. And we kind of set it up more of this like real life game where like you watch a live news class and and then you're given a 24 hour scenario. It's like, okay, this is what's going to happen in the next 24 hours. Go. And then you have to work on that over the next 24 hours as you go about your normal life. So it's kind of this fun way where you kind of bridge the media and the role playing game with like the idea of sitting down to watch something entertaining on Netflix with like, okay, now I go about my day, but not have beyond going to work or going to school, I've got this fun mission in the back of my head. And you're kind of playing the survival game all week long in your head and actually learning real survival skills, getting preparedness stuff together as the week goes on. So I was just trying to make something that was really engaging to make preparedness fun. And then also to make it really practical because I know a lot of people are busy. So I want people to get results fast. So the course is designed to like hit on the most important things. So you get results really quickly and then you can kind of let it go for a little bit and just feel good. Like, okay, I got the foundational stuff in place. It really is engaging. It really is fun. You make it not scary. And it's a seven-day course. You can do it in seven days. You could do it quicker. You could even do it longer. But I want to touch on each day. Just give us a highlight. Starting with the first day where you talk about what you call the trigger. What does that mean? Yeah, the first day is actually uh, about awareness. And I kind of think about, I even give the example in there. It's like Jason Bourne meets like Katniss Evergreen from the, the Hunger Games, you know? Uh, But it's really about, you know, how do we actually just be more aware as we walk through our normal life uh, and just notice all these little things that would be helpful in a survival uh, situation. And the trigger is this technique we teach in it to basically remember throughout the day to be be aware of your surroundings. Uh, The example I give in the course, you know, on my phone, because, you know, how, how many times a day do most of us look at our phones these days? I look at mine frequently. So I actually have this little sticker in the corner of my phone. And every time I notice the sticker, it reminds me not to just go in tunnel vision and sink into whatever I'm looking at my phone, that while I'm looking at my phone, I can still be listening. I can still be like looking around, paying attention. Uh, And I actually notice threats and hazards all the time, as well as other really cool things. Like, you know, I'll notice the hawk that's flying in the downtown city that no one else noticed. So lesson one is really just about increasing our awareness, uh, which gives you a huge survival edge. Uh, And teaching you just how to kind of think more like a survivalist. As you go about your day, you're always just scanning the environment and like, hey, where could I hide right now? You know, where could I get food from right now? What could I uh, make a fire out of right now? Where could I take shelter if there was hail or if a tornado started? You know, this is just kind of really fun way to look at your environment as you move through the day. And you can do it anywhere. You can do it in the office. You can do it at school. uh, You can do it just walking to a friend's place. So that's, that's where the like gamified part of it comes in. And then, of course, if you actually find yourself in a situation where you need those survival skills, you've already mapped out your neighborhood. You already have this awareness going. So I don't think many people are aware of their surroundings on just a normal day to day basis. You see them walking, looking at their phone, texting, not aware of the traffic or the people. Yeah, yeah, 100 percent. And then your next day is about communications, which we think, oh, well, we've got our cell phone. If something happens, I can just uh, call somebody. But sometimes you don't have service. Yeah, this, this is one of the most important lessons, probably. And it's, it's this one that I think we really take for granted. Like, 
How often throughout the day do you rely on some sort of communication with somebody for the next event of your day to happen, whether it's an email, a phone call, a text, a social media blast? And what we actually even saw in Texas, you know, recently with this massive blackout, all of that can go down instantly. And, you know, the scenario I sometimes give folks is like, imagine you're with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your your husband, your wife, mom, dad, brother, sister, whatever it is, uh, and you both go to the other end of town. And then all of a sudden an emergency happens and it's in the area where you live. So you can't get back home now and your cell phone doesn't work. The internet doesn't work. You can't send texts. Like this can happen in our world today. Our infrastructure is much more fragile than people think. But can you just imagine being in that scenario? So now you're on the other end of town. There's, there's mass panic. You can't get home right now, but you actually have no way to know where your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your husband, wife, brother, sister, you don't actually know where they are. What are you going to do? Um, we actually witnessed that in the wildfires in, in California the last couple of years. There's so many stories where towns had to be evacuated really quick and people weren't together when they were evacuated. They went out of town in separate directions. And it's, for some people, it was days before they knew whether their partner was even alive still. Imagine how terrifying that is. And there's actually all kinds of things we can put in place ahead of time so that doesn't happen. And they don't cost money. They're actually fairly easy. So in the second part of the course, I basically walk people through like, hey, where's your emergency meeting place? And just like really simple steps that you can put in place. So like if the power goes down and you can't text, you can't call, you can't email, you actually have a plan for how you're going to get back together with the people that you care about and how you're going to check in on each other and things of that nature. In this day and age, people don't do that anymore. When I was growing up before cell phones, if we went to the mall, <laughs> my mom would say, okay, in one hour, we are going to meet back here. And, and right. we did. That was our plan. But no one makes a plan anymore because we rely so heavily and we're so confident that we're going to have service on our cell phone. Going into day three, you talk about emergency kits. Tell us more about oh, that. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that's, that's the fun one. You know, that's where you get to be like really nerdy. And like, that's when you get all your survival gear and you pack your bags and stuff. So we basically just walk people through like what some of the most important emergency gear to have. Uh, we do a really fun challenge in it in the course. And this is where people often have that wake up moment where they're like, oh my goodness, I'm not as prepared as I thought. You know, cause a lot of people when I ask how prepared are you? Like, oh yeah, we've got, I think we have a flashlight and we've got some batteries and some candles. So the scenario I give is okay. You know, the fire marshal has just come and knocked on their, your door you have to leave your home in 20 minutes and we don't know when you're going to be able to come back again. And then, so in the course, we actually make you do that. And people have massive, massive uh, wake-ups when they're like, oh, wow, if I only have 20 minutes, I'm not nearly as organized to leave my home as I can. So we basically talk about, you know, how to make that kind of grab and go bag if you have to leave really quick. Uh, We talk about stuff you can carry on you just every single day that just makes you way more prepared. And when I think about the stuff I carry on me every day, I, I, I carry stuff that actually can be used for a lot of different situations. It just makes me more efficient as a human being. So my preparedness gear, I actually usually use for stuff that's not emergencies. And it just makes me really prepared for life. And people are usually like really impressed when you just like have the tool or you know how to do this thing. If like your basic needs, shelter, water, fire, food, first aid, communications, uh, if you have that all taken care of, you just have such a survival edge when a disaster strikes. So we basically just walk people through how to build all those things. Uh, and we do it like on a budget. And then we have like the more advanced kit that you build over time. When I was doing this day, I'm like, where's my flashlight? Do I have batteries? Do I have extra batteries? I mean, everything I kind of had, but it was all scattered around. If I really only had 20 minutes to grab things and go, and then you have that fear and that sense of urgency, that's just going to slow it down so much more. So the importance of having something all together, you know exactly where it is and it's ready to go has got to be just a huge relief. And it's a really cool feeling too, you know, like, you know, I built my first emergency kit probably close to 15, 20 years ago. And once I first built it and like put it in the back of my car, 
I was walking around as though I was like a superhero. Like, this just feels really cool to have this thing. And, and I'd show my friends I'm like, whoa, look at all that cool gear you got in the back of your car. That's awesome. Like you could survive the apocalypse right now. <laughs> so it actually like really boosts your confidence. And it's kind of fun, you know? Another wake up call was day four, prepping your house in case you have to hunker down at home. There was a lot of stuff in there that, I mean, I knew some of it. I know my kids didn't know, but talk more about that, please. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of it's familiarizing stuff with with just your home and like how to best hunker down if there was a major disaster in your area. I think this is the kind of knowledge that might have been much more common a couple of generations than it is now, you know? For example, let's say that uh, something happens and one of your water pipes bursts and now there's water like flooding your basement, you know? Do you know how to shut off the water in your house? And maybe you do, but does your younger brother or sister know how to do it if you're if they're home alone or do your kids know how to do it? Or if you're, you come home and your basement's full of water, do you know how to turn off the power to the basement? Because if you walk down, that water could all be full of electricity right now, enough to kill someone. If there's a tornado, what's the best room in your house to hunker down in, you know? Uh, if an intruder was trying to break in, you know, like all these different scenarios, it just basically helps you get more comfortable with how to make your home this really resilient kind of space uh, in, the, in the case of a disaster. And not only in disasters, but to know how to do that is very valuable. And then it applies to emergencies as well. That's one of the things I love about the, the survival and the preparedness is I feel like a lot of the skills you learn them, you know, the fun of it is kind of learning it for an emergency for me, but they actually end up becoming really transferable to like everyday life. Uh, it's often that I'm using these kind of skills I've developed through preparedness and survival just for like everyday stuff. I think the confidence that you get from being prepared, knowing you're prepared, knowing you have tools and things that you need should anything happen, that's really got to make you feel good, take a weight off your shoulder and reduce some anxiety. It really does. And, and I think about that right now, you know, anxiety is at like an all time high in the world. It feels like anyways, you know, and a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are really worried about where things are going in life. And to me, preparedness is actually a way to get out of our brains thinking about possibilities and actually do something proactive. Uh, and my experience is, you know, I've had a lot of people that have showed up because they're they're full of fear, and they leave full of confidence and just like, oh, wow, even though we talked about disasters and these scary things, I feel better now because I actually know what to do. You know, the knowledge, the skills and the gear is actually really empowering. Um, and to me is in, in a lot of ways, the antidote to at least some aspects of the anxiety we feel about the uncertainty of the world. You talk in day five about the importance of water, not just uh, drinking water, but dangers of water. Why is this so important? You know, most people just rely on the water that comes out of your tap. And again, that's a system that's, that's relatively fragile. Uh, the, the, the water in the tap can stop flowing. And then what do you do to drink? You know, uh, what do you do with your, your human waste if you need to go to the bathroom? Uh, how do you wash your hands? Uh, imagine you're in a disaster and now the whole environment is way dirtier than it was before, but you don't have water to wash your hands. Like that changes everything all of a sudden, right? We, we kind of take it for granted how easy it is to just stick our fingers under a, a faucet and wash them off. And in an emergency, suddenly you might not have that and all the water around you. Like I think about like, again, you know, the major flood in Texas a couple of years ago with Hurricane Harvey. Um, there was water everywhere, but none of it was clean. It was actually toxic. And there was no drinking water coming out of the faucets. A lot of people got really dehydrated. A lot of people got really sick. So it's really important to know how do you find clean water or if there's dirty water, how do you clean that water? How do you store water? So we go through all the, the skill sets of water, both in an urban disaster and then also, you know, in a wilderness situation as well. Water is so important and it also affects health. There's a lot of waterborne illnesses that happen after a disaster that people don't know about. 
So your next day is about health and hygiene. What kind of things do you talk about in that? I mean, there we get into first aid and stuff like that, but also just like all these hidden hazards that happen after a disaster. You know, one thing that I think is really sad, I, I, I actually referenced it a few times, the big massive flood, uh, Hurricane Harvey in Texas, is, you know, in the moment, there's all these people that are wading through the water trying to save each other, save their own lives, but th that water is actually toxic. It's full of chemicals. After hurricanes, you know, you can have spikes in mosquito populations and things like dengue fever and malaria and hepatitis, like all these diseases and stuff. So it's really important to know, like, when you're living in this disaster environment, you can't just walk around kind of naively like we normally do. There's there's all these hidden hazards. And for those that are kind of following around along with like the role-playing game, you can see we actually kind of start before the storm. So day one, day two, day three are like before the storm. And then day four and five, it's actually, okay, the storm's going. You need to hunker down in your house. And then it's like, okay, the storm just passed, but now there's no water. You need to go and get water now. And then, okay, it's a couple of days later and the, the environment's toxic. How are you going to deal with health and hygiene? So we actually run it like a role-playing game uh, where each day of the storm, you're actually enacting like a certain stage of the storm from before it starts until afterwards with the recovery. So some of the things that we've talked about can be overwhelming. And it really is a little bit alarming when you realize I never thought of that. But your course, I went through this course, everybody. It is so fun and it's very reassuring rather than intimidating. You know what I really like about you, Chris, is that this is a serious topic and you obviously take it very seriously, but yet you just have this happy demeanor about it. It's obviously <laughs> fun for you. Yeah. And I think adding that fun component into it is important rather than coming at it from a fear-based standpoint. Yeah. There's so much good information in this course, Chris. I can tell you put a lot of uh, work into it, a lot of love into it, a lot of dedication you have an ebook, a very in-depth ebook, and worksheets and lists that go along with it. It's really well done. Oh, thank you. How can people find you? How can they find this course and the other courses that you offer? Well, two places to connect. Uh, survive the Storms directly. If you just go to Survive the Storms with an S on the end of it, so survivethestorms.com, uh, you can check that out. And we actually uh, made a coupon code for the podcast listeners. So if you put uh, HTL20, uh, you get 20% off that. So HTL20 at www.survivethestorms.com. And if you want to check out the other work, uh, so emergency preparedness is one part of I do, but I also love uh, everything nature. So nature connection, wildlife tracking, wilderness survival, uh, growing food, homesteading, gardening, all that stuff. So my website is actually Chris Outdoors. So C-H-R-I-S, Chris Outdoors, and it's .ca. So chrisoutdoors.ca slash courses, and you can see all the other courses I have going on there. And people can contact you directly right on the website. There's a contact form. There is. Yeah. Yeah. You can get all my information there. If you want to reach out, if you've got any questions about any of this stuff, I'd love to connect. You're going to love Chris Gilmore, Chris Outdoors, uh, such an engaging personality, a really phenomenal website. And this course is fantastic. Chris, thank you so much for being on the show today, sharing this with all of us. I appreciate your time and your expertise. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Laura. And thanks for the great work you're doing, just helping people develop skills. You know, I think everything you do is actually kind of related around just like self-reliance and knowing how to do things. It, it's such an empowering thing and it's such a needed thing. Thanks so much. Thanks to you too, Chris. Cheers. This is truly information worth knowing. It's extremely empowering. Head over to Chris's site and check out this course as well as all the other courses he has there. It is chrisoutdoors.ca, but you can find the direct link to his website at howtolife.com slash 068. 
As I mentioned, I took the Survive the Storms course. I highly recommend it. Chris put a lot of heart and soul into this course, and it shows. It's an incredible value. And as he mentioned, he has a 20% off coupon for the listeners of this show. The code is HTL20 at checkout. Again, find all the links at howtolife.com slash 068. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know by hitting the five-star review button on Apple Podcast or whatever platform that you're listening on. I would love to hear your comments about it as well. So let me know through my website, howtolife.com, or email me directly, drlj at howtolife.com. That is all for today. Please join me again next time. And until then, stay safe and be prepared. You are your own first line of defense. Take care, everyone. You got this. 